0: Oh, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue uh, in our sermon series uh, that we started last week uh, with being turned upside down. I thought of a different way of kind of making this uh, fit for you today. Uh, I mean, if I were to all of a sudden do this and start to go, I'm old shook up, okay, so like the front half of the congregation's awake, so we're now in the sermon time, this is a this is participatory, you get to wake up, you get to have a little say here, okay, so if the caller goes up, then you're all shook up, right, okay, shake, rattle and roll, I mean, it's, it's not, is it not working for you, no, <laughs> anybody, hello, hello, brand new year, here we go, January the 3rd, all right. Okay, so let's go. So the idea here is, is that God is not willing to have you remain where you've been. That's where we're starting. He's turning things upside down, and I want you to understand what that means is He's not ready to have you be complacent already on January third. He's not ready for you to go, you know what, last year there were some things that worked pretty well, fairly well, okay, and I'm just going to stick with those things. Why do we always have to talk about new things, new behavior at the turn of the year? Why? Because it's present, it's in front of us, it's with advertising, it's with business, it's with calendar years when you go by and go, well, do I get the 18-month desk calendar this year or do I go a little bit smaller for the pocket calendar and it's got three years in it? Do I do the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the month size or by the week? I mean how am I going to organize my thoughts, and where am I going to, I mean, it's all around us. So we might as well take advantage of it and say, okay, God, how about this? I surrender to you. We just sang it. The words were just up on the screen. I surrender all to you, God. And if I surrender all, that means he is going to take over. It means that he is going to be the Lord of my life, and I am going to choose to live my life the way God wants to live in me, through me, for me, and with me. He wants to turn it upside down, though, in a couple of different areas. And I think today we're going to look at our energy expenditure how we spend our mental, our physical energy, how we spend emotional energy. Because it's huge. A friend of mine nearly five years ago was dealing with cancer. He was, as far as his family knew, on his deathbed, his parents flew in. His wife is a nurse. She'd been working with the doctors. And as more information came in, she was kind of fielding the, 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 the response of the doctor. She's the one that had the questions. There was great amounts of stress. There was great amounts of taking upon herself the possibility that her husband may not make it out of the ICU. And when his parents came in, right, they're outside and they're kind of you know, they're, they're going, give us the information, tell us what's going on. And, and she was so overwhelmed, she was in a point of going, look, this is all you need to know. And, and she was kind of cutting down, it didn't have time, didn't have the energy, the mental capacity at that point to go into all the details of everything that had been going on with the doctors. And his parents felt slighted. My friend made it out of the ICU. He's recovering very well. But guess what is still broken? A relationship between his parents and his wife. And I think it's a picture, it's a picture of the weightiness of what sin does and the emotional entanglements and the emotional things. I mean it's family. You're not getting away from family, right? And it's tough. He called this last week, shared the story. This pastor, uh, what do I do? you you got to knock this crap out of the park. I mean, you you got to get on this. We cannot be allowing your parents and your wife to be at odds for another four and a half years. We've got to get on this. you got to change things up. And I don't care, whatever you've been doing isn't working. He's like, tell me about it. He's like, can't you just, can you come down and like mediate between my parents and my family? I was like, awesome. Florida, first week of January. I am so there. No, that's not my circus. I'll explain that a little bit later. But here's the point. God wants us to put our time and energy where he has us, and there are certain important things in our life, and there are many unimportant things in our life. So let's see what the psalmist says about this. in Verse 1. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me, right? The psalmist is just like our prayer. He prays the same prayer we do. Oh my gosh, life is coming down. This is junk. Hear me, God. It's overwhelming. Next, my thoughts trouble me and I am distraught at the voice of the enemy and at the stares of the wicked for they bring down suffering upon me. They revile me in their anger. Maybe it's not family for you. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe um, it's children. Maybe it's some place that you play, or maybe it's traffic, or, or maybe it's a place where you shop. But you're sure that there are enemies that surround you. And what they try to do is they try to suck you dry of the energy you have. Man, they they know how to needle you. They know how to poke you. They know how to push your buttons. And they try to get in on your life in such a way that you get sucked right into your Man, my life's just full of drama. Do you know why? Because you pick it. You know how I know? Because I do it too. I do it. And I I look and I hear the psalmist and I go, man, my thoughts trouble me. I'm distraught. The voice of my enemy. And people talk trash. They talk junk. They talk about what they don't know that they're talking about. They butt their life into my life and it takes energy. And I let them do it. And so do you. Next verse. So much so that my heart is an anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling beset me. Horror overwhelms me. You say, try new things, set new goals. I haven't even completed the stuff from last year. I haven't even reviewed. I haven't even packed up Christmas yet. Here's the deal: we are so overwhelmed because we choose it. We don't have margin because we don't plan for it. We're not willing to get rid of things, and yet we want to try new things. So our heart is at anguish. It's burdened by things that are not kingdom things. Next Verse. Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. And that's our normal response, right? You got any extra miles? It's already Jan- It's only January 4th. is the first day of work. I know, but I need an extra week of vacation. I need some extra miles. I got to get out of here. And that's what we tend to do. We think it's going to make it better if we just flee. <laughs> Even the psalmist says, "I wish I had the wings of a dove. I could just motor on out of here. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I'd be by myself. That's the normal response. And Satan goes, oh yeah, you need a retreat by yourself. Because then you're easy pickings. He will have his way with you. I will guarantee it. Sharing with a congregation member who's asked how the break went for him. He was like, well, put on a few extra pounds. I don't know what it is. Family's around. I just eat junk food all the time. I said, actually, you know, I eat less. I'm not saying I lose weight, but I eat less during the holidays. He looked at me kind of weird and I said, yeah, you know how it is. There's so many people around. I forget to eat or I don't munch or things are going on. I said, it's afterwards when I'm alone at nine o'clock at night flipping channels because I need some alone time that I go, hmm, my stomach says feed me, and I would hate to disappoint my stomach right now. <laughs> Satan does the same thing. He'll get you when you're alone. He wants you to, to think that you can just leave and run off, and, 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 you, and you think you're saving emotional energy. The problem is you're not making good decisions. Next. Next. If an enemy were insulting me, well, that I could endure. I mean, if the enemy would just be face right in front of me, I would know exactly what the attack is, and man, I could go to battle. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it's you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, that I have a problem with. It's a spouse or an in-law, or your kids, your parents. And that's what makes this so overwhelming, is because we go, man, this is just taking a lot of energy, and I need to put energy into my family, into my relationships. And you're right, you do. You don't get to run from that. You don't get to call divorce. You don't get to just cut and run. You get to put time and energy into those things, but towards kingdom things. Well, I just want my kids to have a better life than I did, and they need this and that and that, that soccer practice and that game and that deal and that, that club and that activity. And we're going to build up their resume. Well, is it any wonder that they're resume-seeking, working individuals when they're adults? Because that's what you taught them when they were kids. And then we wonder, how come I have no energy? No time kingdom things. Verse. The psalmist says, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, noon, I cry out in distress and you know what? He hears my voice. What the psalmist gets, what I'm trying to get us to focus on and move towards is this understanding that says, I'm not going to fix everything that's going on in my life. In fact, I'm going to tend towards putting energy into areas God doesn't want me to put energy into. Call to Him and He will guide your steps. Call to Him and He will give relief. Call to Him and He gives hope. I will guarantee it. But we've got to quit seeking for the solution inside of ourselves and call out to God. How often? Morning, noon, and night. That means at all times and in all places. Surrendering to God's will. Next slide. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half their days. As for me, I trust in you. You know what? I don't even have to mess with the enemies in my life. (laughs) God's going to take care of them. It's not my battle. It's not my issue. It's not my stuff. It's not my circus. Slide. Oh, I'm not there. Where'd my slide go? Dang. My monkey slide's not in there? That was a perfect setup, too. Here it is. It's a Polish proverb. Not my circus, not my monkeys. What this proverb means is, There is stuff going on in your life that you put time and energy into. You have no business putting time and energy into. There is stuff going on in your life. It is not your circus, and it is not your bailiwick to worry about what somebody else calls their monkey. There it is. Every time you feel yourself getting pulled into other people's nonsense, other people's nonsense. And what they try to do is they try to make it your nonsense. Every time. It's not my circus. This is my monkey. You can use whatever voice you want. That's the one I go with. Okay? This is crazy, people. We allow drama in our lives because people want to have impact, but it's mostly negative. It's mostly about getting a rise out of you. It's because they've got an agenda. Well, who cares what their agenda is? It's not your circus what their agenda is. Well, I don't want people to think badly about me. It's none of your business. Let me say that again. It's none of your business how somebody thinks of you. That's their own circus. Morning, noon, and night, we call out in distress to God and say, God, I want what you want for me, not what every other joker in my life wants for me. It's none of their business what you're doing in me and through me and for me. Now, I don't mean we shut down. I don't mean that we don't engage people. I'm saying quit putting emotional energy into people that are trying to run your life. Next slide. Oh, that was it. It's all right, we'll get there. Some of you, you need a friend to do this with. The kind of friend that Proverbs talks about in 1717, one that loves at all times, one that's born for adversity. The kind of friend that Scripture talks about that says, you know what, you can count on this person to tell you the truth and it won't always be nice. It won't sound good. It won't be sugar-coated. It'll be right out in front of you, right in front of your face, and go, why are you spending time doing X, Y, or Z? Cut it out. That's the kind of friend that is born for adversity. It's the kind of friend that loves. A kind of friend that looks into your life and says, you know what, I I know you want to follow God's plan, and I know it's a struggle, and I know it's a challenge, but let me walk through it with you. With you. Proverbs 17, 27 says this. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. This is why you need a buddy. This is why you need a friend to walk through with you lift you up to make you realize there are things to be cheerful about it's not all doom and gloom everybody else's doom and gloom circus doesn't have to be your circus that's what we're talking about a cheerful heart is good medicine one that can endure chemotherapy and say god be praised i'm here today One that can say, you know what, we're fighting at home, but i got to tell you, I know my spouse has got my back. It's contentious, things are difficult, they're challenging, but I know, I know we're going to work through this. That can lift up a heart. But a crushed spirit dries up bones. So be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Be careful. Don't let this world and everybody else's circus get in on your life. It's imperative that you are careful with your heart. That you spend emotional energy on things that matter to God. Not just you. Next. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You realize what price we're talking about. Jesus Christ became flesh and died for you. He ransomed you. You who are condemned in sin and deserve eternal damnation, Jesus paid the price. Washed white. And therefore, your body doesn't belong to you anymore. Which means your emotions don't belong to you anymore. Which means the way you approach life doesn't belong to you anymore. It means God is in control, and God wants to change, and God wants to transform. Trust in Him, the psalmist said. Next. Physical training is of some value. Uh, Godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is not a verse to tell you to get to the gym. It's a verse to remind us that yes, this is God's temple, but you know what? We're all made differently, and God makes a bunch of different shapes, sizes, and weights. You need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with that. Because somebody else's workout schedule is not your circus. It's my friend Mike Gegline's circus. He gets up early and does a workout. I'm not doing that workout, Michael. But that's his circus. That's his monkey. And he's fit. If you've been to a men's retreat, you know. But it's not my circus. I don't have to meet or match Mike. This is between me and God. Next verse. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I'm more concerned about your soul being at peace. I'm more concerned about the time you spend not being so, so worn out that you can't pray. Or read God's Word, or fellowship with other Christians, or invite an unbeliever over. Yes, it takes time and energy and effort, and those are the things where God would have you spend your energy. But not on other people's drama, not on other people's issues, but rather on your soul. I wonder if I'm spending my days right. I wonder if I'm utilizing my time well. Well, is it on your soul? Then good. If it's not, I'll challenge you to give it up. Amen.